Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. An anointing. The Bible says, hallelujah, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, the Bible says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Every Christian has received an anointing, but it is many that are called and few that are chosen that have received the anointing of the Shemin HaKadosh, the special anointing that has within it the properties, the power properties of myrrh that will keep you uh, in, in supernatural preservation in all your tribulation and that special consecration that God wants to give to you. Today we have saints that can't even be civil one to another. We have saints that can't even love one another. We have saints that bicker and fight and strive. We have jealousies, backbitings, envyings. We have every kind of division in the body of Christ. And the scripture shows us that we need a consecration. Consecration is not just about going on a 40-day fast. How about consecrating to be kind to, to others for a whole month? How about, how about consecrating with your mouth and blessing your enemies? And when somebody hurts you, to return a blessing. This is the power of God. Consecration, divine consecration, is also seen in the life of Joseph. Joseph displayed extraordinary consecration and supernatural separation unto God as we see in Genesis chapter 39, I want you to see it, in the ordeal with Potiphar's wife. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 39, looking at verse 10, it says, It came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. So he didn't even have an emotional attachment to this woman. He completely separated himself, not only in a physical sense from that which would have been uh, completely inordinate in the eyes of God, but he also kept himself completely separated unto God. Now why is Joseph going to receive such a high place in the kingdom and in Egypt. One of the reasons why scripture is going into the detail of all the temptations that Joseph had to endure is that we are to see how God rewards those who have been through temptation and depend on the Holy Spirit to get them through that temptation and do not yield to that temptation. Can I get a witness? Somebody ought to say amen. So there's a, a reward that God has for you 
that if you have been sorely tempted, to be tempted is not a sin. But to those who have been sorely tempted and with the power of God, resist that temptation. And it's not in your own righteousness, it's not your own work that you resist that temptation, but it's through the power properties in the anointing. It's the anointing that's going to give you the strength to resist it. It's the anointing that's going to give you the strength to overcome it. Somebody ought to say amen. So we see, dear people of God, the Bible says that, that she came to Joseph on a daily basis, and he didn't lie with her, nor did he hearken to her, or even, nor even was he with her. He made no friendship with her. And it came to pass about this time that when Joseph went into the house to do business, his business, that there was none of the men of the house there within. That would have been a perfect opportunity. Nobody's watching except God. Nobody is seeing what's going on behind closed doors but God. And the scripture is showing us this text that God sees everything. God knows what's going on with the door open and with the door closed. Hello, somebody. And the Bible says that when she tempted him again, verse 13, that it came to pass that when she saw that, uh, that, that he fled, that he, he just picked up and he fled. So what is this showing us? This is showing us that in the caravan that went down to Egypt, the scripture is prophetically prefiguring the power properties in the anointing, not only the power property of supernatural preservation or divine preservation in all your tribulation, but it is also showing us in the myrrh and in the spices that were on the caravan bringing Joseph down to Egypt, that in the anointing there is divine consecration and divine separation that you can receive unto your God. See, a lot of us we're so accustomed when we were growing up to, to rules and regulations, especially those of maybe Pentecostal background, to saying we just object to the legalism that we are seeing in this particular way of life. And we, we realized that some of it was really bondage, and we didn't want to become involved in bondage. And as a result of that, we moved completely in the opposite direction. And now we have come into a, such a place of liberality with the things of God that we have now placed within ourselves that anything that has to do with deep consecration to God might put a bondage on us. But what we need to understand is that there were days when there was a movement of God through the power of the Spirit to be able to go beyond oneself in supernatural consecration and supernatural separation unto the Lord. Somebody ought to say amen. And we also see the third, the third power property in the myrrh, in these spices that were brought down, that were on the caravan that brought Joseph down to Egypt. First of all, we saw the myrrh and the spices 
as a prophetic prefiguring of the power property in myrrh that is the power property of divine preservation in all our tribulation. And we saw the second power property as the power property of supernatural consecration. We saw this in the way that Joseph resisted that, that very grievous temptation that came to him from Potiphar's wife. And now we're going to see in the scripture the third power property in the myrrh. And we are to see in the spices. And that third power property is divine elevation. That when the anointing comes on your life, God will cause something to happen in your life that will lift you up into a supernatural stratosphere that you could never lift yourself up into. Somebody ought to say, I'm getting ready to go to a new place in God. I'm getting ready for a promotion in God, in a place of ministry, into a place that God has ordained for you. Somebody ought to say amen. The Shemin HaKadosh, or the anointing that was upon the life of Joseph, caused Joseph to experience not only divine preservation and divine consecration, but also it brought an importation of divine elevation. Joseph was brought up out of the slave pit and made viceroy of Egypt. This is what the Bible says about the power property of divine elevation. Every one of you here, when the anointing comes on your life, you become a different person. When the anointing comes on your life, it lifts you up. It brings you to a place that you never thought you'd be. It brings you to a place of, of purpose. It brings you to, to your divine calling in God. It brings you to a place of, of purpose and predestined uh, destiny. The scripture shows us in 2 Samuel chapter 23, looking at verse 1, the Bible says, now these are the words of David, the son of Jesse, who was raised on high, the anointed of God. Say it with me. Raised on high, the anointed of God. Say this with me. Supernatural elevation. Raised on high, the anointed of God. The scripture shows us how that David came from the lowest level in his family. He was the one that was rejected. He was the katan of the family. But the Bible shows us that man's rejection means God's election in our life. Amen? The myrrh also prophetically parallels the price of the power of God in a life. If you want a ministry, if you want to be used of God, then there is a price to pay. And the myrrh and the spices that were on the caravan as Joseph was being brought down to Egypt and the Torah contrasts in the context, the spices of myrrh in the caravan carrying Joseph to Egypt and the principal spices in the Shemin HaKadosh in Exodus chapter 30, which were used on the kings and the high priest of Israel and the prophets and everything in the tabernacle 
that was anointed with the holy anointing oil unto him throughout the generations. That means whenever the scripture says throughout your generations means that even after biblical times, even after Moses' era, even after the biblical time period in which this takes place, even after the tabernacle era, even after the temple era, the continuation of the anointing continues throughout the generations. And the principles, the power principles are applicable. Say it with me, the power principles are applicable throughout our generation. So we need to see, dear people of God, that the myrrh going down in the caravan and the spices represent, because myrrh was such an expensive commodity in biblical times, that it represents the price that Joseph is going to pay for the ministry that God is going to give him. Because his ministry is going to result in bringing many people a great deliverance and to save the entire nation of Israel. The Shabbatim, who would have perished in the famine had they not come to, to, eat, to Egypt to eat the bread from the hands of Joseph when he became the bread provider for all of the world. It shows us the price that's paid for the salvation of souls. It shows us the price that's paid in ministry. It shows us the price that's paid not only for the anointing, but for the effects of the anointing in a life. Can I get a witness? This is why we had told you earlier that according to a report from the Baptist Standard, the biblical scholar Fred Horton estimated myrrh in its worth in the first century to cost about $4,000 a pound. So that means that what is being deposited into this oil was very expensive. So we need to see we it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us our will. It's going to cost us our wants. It's going to cost us things that we want to do for ourselves, that we have to make a commitment to the, the church and to the Lord and to his people. Not some of self and some of me, but none of self and all of thee. Those were the words of Catherine Kuhlman. Ms. Kuhlman said, the anointing doesn't come cheap. If you want the anointing, there is a price to pay. And she would say, it takes everything. Come on, somebody. So there needs to be a commitment of 100% service to God. I also want us to see today not only the power properties in the anointing, but if we go back to Exodus 30, let's look. Exodus 30, 23. The scripture says in Exodus 30, 23, take thou unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, two, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, 
verse 24, and of Cassia, 500 shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary and of oil all of a hint. What we need to see here is that what I'd like to bring to our attention is the sweet calamus. The sweet calamus is a prophetic prefiguring of the purpose properties in the anointing. We heard that the myrrh is a prophetic prefiguring of the power properties in the anointing, but there are also purpose properties in the anointing. That means the anointing is going to bring you to your divine purpose. It will bring you into the place that God has ordained for your life. Can I get a witness? The word sweet calamus here is the word kona in Hebrew, or it means a reed or a rod. Say it with me, a reed or a rod. The usual use of the term rod is the word mate. But when a rod is being used for measuring, the very same word konet is used like sweet calamus. Why? Because sweet calamus was a cane that looked like a rod, and the spice came from this cane, and oftentimes this cane would be used also in what it would be called a reed for the measurements in the temple. In a literal sense of scripture, the word reed, the word rod, is in the Hebrew biblical use, a word used for sweet calamus, and it shows to us the power or the purpose properties of divine election in your life. In a personal prophetic sense of scripture, sweet calamus is the deposit in the anointing that shows the supernatural selection and divine election of grace upon your life. How God elected you and God selected you for a predestined purpose. Can I get a witness? In Numbers chapter 17, in verses 1 through 13, the entire chapter, the context conveyed the use of the word rod which is biblically synonymous with the word reed or the word calamus, sweet calamus, they're all synonymous terms. Say it with me, synonymous terms. The word rod, the word reed, the word sweet calamus, all synonymous terms. And we're going to see in Numbers chapter 17, the word rod, which is synonymous with sweet calamus, is used 14 different times in 13 verses. In Numbers 17, the priestly property and the purpose properties of sweet calamus are shown in the word rod. Sweet calamus is a prophetic prefiguring of how we have been chosen by God for a specific purpose in the anointing. In Numbers chapter 17, verse 2, the Bible says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of them every one a rod, according to the house of their fathers, and all of their princes. And all of them shall write thou every man's name upon his rod, and thou shalt write upon 
Aaron's, thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. Verse 4. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet you. Verse 5. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod in whom I shall choose. Say it with me. Choose. Whom I shall choose shall blossom and I shall make it to cease, and I shall make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, wherewith they murmur against me. So we need to understand that the whole purpose of laying the rods up in the tabernacle of the testimony, every man's name of every tribe was to be written on the rod. And the purpose of laying up the rod in the tabernacle was that God was going to give a sign on the, the one whom he had chosen. So the rod, which is sweet calamus, the rod, which is a prophetic prefiguring of sweet calamus, is laid up in the tabernacle. And the scripture tells us, as we know, that when Moses came the next day to get the rods, the rod of Aaron had budded, that God was showing on the calamus, God was showing on the calamus who he had supernaturally selected and who he had supernaturally elected. You and I need to understand that one of the composites in the compound of the anointing is the fact that God has elected you and God has selected you for a predestined purpose in the earth. This is why the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 2 in the last line, the apostles whom he had chosen. The word chosen in Greek is the word eklektos, which literally means called out or cherished or beloved, so that when the anointing comes on your life, you become beloved to God. You become his personal property. You're already beloved. But when the anointing comes on your life, there is a special possession that God places upon your life. It is, it is, in a sense, many are called, but few are chosen. We need to understand there is an ek, an out, an eklektos, meaning that there is, it's, the eklektos has the equivalent in the Greek language of being cherished or being beloved. Those who carry the anointing, not because of some special power they have, but because they're yielding to the Spirit and giving God everything. Not that God doesn't love everyone, but there's an endearing to the heart of God to those who have given everything for his kingdom. Can I get a witness somewhere? Matthew chapter 20, verse 16 says, So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. And in Matthew 22, verse 14, the Bible says, Many are called, but few are chosen. 
And in John 15, verse 16, the Bible says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And the root word of that word chosen, that word chosen in Hebrew is the word bakar, which means to choose. Or it is taken from the Hebrew root bakan, which means to test. That every time you are tested, you are coming into that place of being more chosen in God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.